This week on the Off the Crossbar podcast, I've lost track of the days. I have no longer any idea how long I've been in quarantine. But the good news are, we got Curtis Dixon, the man they call Superman. He's got 20 assists on the season that won't finish, but he gives us some time. All that more on OTCB. What is good, lacrosse fans, and welcome back to the Off the Crossbar podcast. My name is Teddy Jenner. You can find me on Twitter at Off the Crossbar. There's an E on the end of cross. It is a lacrosse show slash pun slash Twitter handle. Or you can email me, teddy.jenner at gmail.com. This time last week, we had just heard from Nick Sikevich, the commissioner of the National Lacrosse League who brought us the unfortunate news that the Board of Governors and the league had decided no more regular season. There was only a couple weeks left. Let's move on. Let's just continue to look to the future, keep our fingers crossed that we can do something at some point during the summer to crown a champion, and we'll look forward to next year. It's not news any of us wanted to hear. But it is where we are right now, and it's going to be the norm, I imagine, for most leagues over the next little while. The Canadian Lacrosse Association are having meetings in the coming weeks to decide what they are going to do with their national championships, if they are going to even hold them, or they're just going to say, you know what, the whole 2020 summer season is a wash. We'll pick back up in 2021. I hope that doesn't happen. I hope to be able to coach a little bit this summer. I know all the boys want to get back out and do what they do. So I'm going to keep my fingers crossed. That was what we talked about last week, was having that hope. Having the hope to be able to look forward to something. And so we're going to hope that at some point during the summer, maybe by my birthday in late July, that we have some lacrosse or even any sports. I would love to watch something other than old poker and me sniping people in Call of Duty. However, in all of this, I'm sure like most of you, this downtime has given us the ability to do some spring cleaning, some rearranging of the household. Well, I decided to move some things around and I found a box that was just sitting under my bookshelf that was collecting dust for seven years. And I opened her up and looked inside. It had some old photos. I think there was a toolkit in there, a power bar maybe. But at the bottom of the box, there were half a dozen or so VHS tapes. And God bless Molly Jenner for always recording things when I was on TV or games that I was playing in or getting a hold of tapes of games that I was playing in. I found my first home game with the Rochester Nighthawks back in 2002, probably the best pro game I ever played. 
Uh, I found an old tape of myself and J- Jason Greger doing a Vancouver Stealth game on TSN. I have found a bunch of gold. And I need to find a way to put these into MP4s and get them on YouTube. So I might have to reach out to the god of goaltending, Dallas Elliott, to see how he does it. But hopefully, in the next little while, I might be able to put up some uh, early 2000 lacrosse tapes up for you guys. Because there's some good stuff in that box. So keep our fingers crossed that might have something cool to watch. I've gone through Tiger King. I'm burning through Curb Your Enthusiasm. I decided to start re-watching Trailer Park Boys because sometimes you just need a good giggle. But overall, it's still lots of dog walks. Lots of time outside as best I can. And chatting lacrosse. We filmed another all talk, no action segment for the NOL yesterday. Devin Caney, myself, Pat Gregoire, and Ashley Docking. We'll go over uh, the one player, maybe two players, uh, that have been in the league for five years or less that we would want to start a franchise around. And it's a pretty good discussion when you think of all the guys that are still just five years or younger. Del Bianco, Hasek, Stotts, both Stotts brothers actually, um, Lyle Thompson, Challen Rogers. Ryan Lee, there are some talented, talented lacrosse players that are still fairly young. So we have a pretty good discussion. So that'll be out in the next couple days. And um, there's a group of, what, three, six, seven of us, including Devin Caney, um, Jake Elliott, Brad Chowner, Brennan Glasheen with no eyebrows is the other group. And so we're just going to go back and forth every other week discussing different topics, just trying to put some content out there for you guys, keep you entertained, and keep our egos in check by getting on camera and looking like donkeys. Because when there's not a lot to talk about, having to put a suit and tie on or a jacket on is, during these times, just real awkward. I didn't want to put a jacket on. It's hot up. I wanted to be outside getting a suntan, which I did. I actually got burnt. I guess there could be worse problems, like not having sports. Curtis Dixon is our guest this week in 20 in 20. Uh, We will get to him momentarily. One last piece of NLL housekeeping. Um, This was kind of written on the wall over the last little while since Rich Lisk took that job um, with the parent group of the New York Riptide. So he is now taking over the lacrosse ops job for the Riptide. Uh, it was one of his roles with the Black Wolves when he was there as general manager. Uh, so congratulations to Rich Lisk. That is a great opportunity. And if we ever get back to some normalcy in this league, he will have his hands full in order to kind of turn that organization around after their first half a year, three quarters of a season. It was always going to be a struggle. He definitely has his work cut out for him, uh, but if anybody can do it, it's Rich Lisk, and maybe in a couple weeks we'll get the man on, because he and I always have great talks about life, wrestling, and the game of lacrosse, so congratulations to Rich Lisk, who is now the director of lacrosse ops for the Riptide. 
as mentioned, Curtis Dixon is our guest this week. Last week it was Jake Elliott who claims to have been broadcasting games for 20 seasons. Before that was Alex Pace, the 20th overall pick. We've had guys who wear number 20. Now it's a guy with 20 assists. Curtis Dixon, the man they call Superman, is on deck right here on the OTCB 20 and 20. Another edition of 20 and 20 here on the Off the Crossbar podcast this week, joined by Curtis Dixon. He doesn't wear 20. He hasn't been in the league for 20 years, but he does have 20 assists in the season. How are you, brother? Good, Teddy. How about yourself, buddy? I'm fantastic. Um, I know you're just as bored as I am. <laughs> yeah. I think everybody's in the same boat at this point. Uh, yeah. Grassman scores here trying to find things to do to keep us occupied. No doubt. Um, when you heard uh, the news last week that the regular season was going to be foregone, was it a surprise to you, or did you kind of have a feeling that was coming? No, I think everybody kind of had that feeling, just the, the way things were going and shaping up, and especially with all the other leagues, and we were pushing things back. I think that was just kind of a foregone conclusion, unfortunately. It, it does suck, but you guys technically get to become the, the defending chance for two years in a row. That's good. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the weather's been great, which has also been a blessing in disguise out here for us Westerners. Yeah, no, I've been getting, I've seen pictures and videos of people out, uh, out east and in Calgary. It's, it's snowing, so I guess we got to be thankful for it. Yeah, absolutely. Thankful for you for joining us this week on the show. 20 questions, let's get right into it. Um, we all know that you do the Jersey Tuck. Because of uh, our good buddy Wayne Gretzky, but why the mustache? Uh, I don't know to be honest. I just I was actually talking about it with my buddy the other day. We were laughing um, about how long I've had it, but um, it was well. The last time I shaved it fully was 2014. We lost the Rochester in the championship for us. And fully shaved my face, and ever since then I've had at least a mustache or a beard. So it's, there's no rhyme reason to that. I just Kind of did it one time and just stuck. Do you have like a mustache comb or anything like that? No, no comb, no comb. Just an electric razor that I you know, trim up with every couple of days and try and keep it as green as possible. What's the best part about being a ginger? The best part about being a ginger, I would just being a being a one or two percent, I guess. Yeah, rare breed, so I get to. And brag about that because there's, uh, there's not a whole lot of upside to it, especially yeah. the whole <laughs> easily being burnt and yeah. pale skin. You know, you take what you can get. Um, how come you decided to wear number 17? Uh, that was family, all in the family. My dad was 17, yeah. my cousins yeah. were all 17. Uh, my dad was he won two Mintos in Burnaby and a man in the West, and, and he grew up and wore 17 his whole life, so that's where I got from. How good was your dad? Like, remember growing up watching him? How good was he? I never actually got to watch him play. He stopped playing before I was born. But, oh, okay. Um, you know, I got to obviously go growing up and playing with him, taking me out to the box, and, and he always used his wood stick and just seeing how good he was and how hard he could shoot the ball with, with, this, with that stick where I tried to pick it up. I could, you know, barely hold the thing. It seemed to be about 40 pounds. So 
Um, just seeing how good he was at that, I'm sure. And hearing stories and you know, knowing his stats, he was a, he was a goal scorer. So it's it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool getting to grow up and, and play catch with him and watch him. Do you stumble upon any old photos of him with mustaches or high socks and short shorts, stuff like that? He he rocked the stash for a bit. He, he was a cop, so he I think uh, he was yeah. you know, kind of obligated to rock a stash at one point in his life. But uh, no, just like everybody else's parents, he had the he had the mullet and the long hair and, and back in his day, and, and he take her facial hair, but he's, like, he's pretty cool with it. Obviously, he doesn't usually have much facial hair or anything. In the, the last few years, you've won yourself uh, a man, an NLL Cup, an FIL, a WILC. Uh, what's been the most memorable for you? Uh, I mean, they're all pretty special in their own right, but I'd, I'd say the NLL last year, that's you know, obviously something in the ninth year in the league that I haven't had a chance to do. Uh, and, you know, just everyone that plays in that league knows how it is is to win and win a championship, so... Getting to do that with that group of guys and the way we did it, we did the playoffs and the streak and then winning seven straight to do it. That was, that was definitely the most memorable for me. Um, sidebar, are you a little jealous that Dutchie scored that goal? Not you? <laughs> no. no, I had the post right before that. I honestly thought, I thought it went in. I was like, had my hands up ready to celebrate and you know, obviously banked out. But um, no, Dutchie's Dutchie's still. It couldn't happen to a better guy. You know, with yeah. everything that happened to him last year. And, being dumped by Van and, and I was picking him up. It was just kind of a story that came into kind of a guy that's had such an awesome career. How crazy was it that he, he was dumped by them and you guys were pretty much able to get him right away? Yeah, it was kind of a, you know, a blessing in disguise for our team. You know, me and Bergie were sitting out, so we were pretty uh, shorthanded, obviously, on the right side. And I'm sure there was a little bit of panic on the end of the year. And that she kind of just fell into their lap. And I know Bergie kind of jumped on there right away. So it, Everything happens for a reason, and everything worked out what say. Speaking of Mike Ford, he was uh, gracious enough to bring your good buddy and captain, former captain Dan McCray back for your banner presentation. When was the last time you guys were in a mega bed together? <laughs> uh, great question. It would have been last season. I yeah. obviously haven't been able to bunk up with Danny for a while. I miss the guy. You know, we used to spend every weekend together, and I don't get to see him very often, so. Uh, it's one of those things, you know, you kind of take the ground when you got it. We had nine years of being roommates, and now, now I get to see none of them. So <laughs> I miss them, and I, and I miss those Megabed days. They, you know, they're, they're special memories for us. How epic was the uh, Edmonton Oilers playoff run going to be this year? Oh, well, it could have been. What could have right. been? I don't even like to talk about it. <laughs> I, you know, they were going to win the Stanley Cup. Absolutely. They, they should do they should rings for no. <laughs> you know what? It was it's just it was nice having a team that was in the hunt and I know and have that ripped away and next year they'll probably stink again for some reason. So no doubt. Mike Smith will be brutal. Yeah. We won't yeah. have any goaltending. Yeah. Um obviously the Battle of Alberta is a huge moment for any athlete, whether you're playing, you know, CFL or if you're in the NHL. How cool is it to play it in the NLL in those early days when, when you were in Calgary and Edmonton was still in Edmonton? It was awesome. It was, I mean, my first you know, three or four le- years in the league, um, you know, we, we spanked Edmonton. I don't know if yeah. I lost, but <laughs> it, it was awesome. And it was, for, you know, the closest, as close as, as you know, guaranteed wins could get. And then, as everybody knows, the, the, the script definitely flipped. And we were on the other side of the rivalry. We couldn't, you know, find a win against 
um, my later years in Edmonton and Saskatchewan. So, but no, it was always a lot of fun getting to play those guys and, and going to play in, you know, that arena. You know, growing up an Oilers fan was was pretty cool. Getting to, you know, go in there and see the history of the bandage hanging and everything else. So it was, it was definitely a lot of fun getting to do that. You had a Twitter exchange with Christian Del Bianco the other day about uh, you don't think you've got maybe more than five goals overhand. Um, you seem to score from many angles. Do you think the NLL should add a two-point line? Um, I don't know. I don't. I don't know if that would work. It would kind of take away from the game, and I don't even know where they put it. And God knows if they put one in, I'd be blogging from there. And the mouse would be yelling at me and probably get put on the bench and forced into early retirement. So it's probably best that they don't. That, that leads us into the next question, which is perfect. Um, have you ever been on the? Uh, have you ever been the focus of a very angry Kurt Miloski? Oh yeah, oh yeah. So earlier in my career, he's 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 different. Now. He's night and day. But he's yeah, you know, on the bench now than than he was earlier in his career. Anybody would tell you that's been around him. But yeah, no, I remember. I don't know if it was my first or second year. I took an awful shot and I got you know screamed at and, and sat in the middle of the bench for. Well, a period and a, half, a quarter and a half. So, um, you know, I've had a, I've had a couple stern talkings too, but like I said, Chris, Chris different now. He's, you know, he knows how to read his players and mm-hmm. how they like to be treated. And you know, um, it's kind of funny watching you know, the new days and and how <laughs> there are of them. And <laughs> just haven't been around for so long now. We can kind of, kind of talk back and you know, say my two cents without getting my head ripped off. So it's a, it's, it's a give and take relationship with Kurt and, you know, I know well, so it's, it's, it's fun sometimes. Who's the best ref in the National Lacrosse League? Uh, <laughs> am I allowed to pass on question? You can, if you want. You can, you can say pass. Well, I don't know if I, I don't, well, it's not coming to pass. It's, it's just no right answer. So we'll leave it at that. We'll leave it at that. Um, <laughs> Jordan Hall was the main focus to get you to Delaware. Did he do a good job in selling it? He did a great job. It was, well, I mean, back in, you know, 2005, I guess it was when I went there. Yeah. Not a lot of Western guys were heading out to, to go to school yet. So I hadn't really gotten any, you know, a lot of any interest from schools. I talked to Dartmouth, they you know, Canadian field, national, national, yeah. and whatever it was by the end of October or something. But, um, you know, I didn't have the grades to get to an Ivy League school, and Jordan and approached me about Delaware, and that was basically my other offer. But you know, I went to visit, went on a visit there, and, and you know, stayed with Jordan and showed me a heck of a good time. And I think that was, <laughs> you know, as soon as Delaware called me and, and told me I'd, I'd been accepted, and Delaware called me and told me I needed to retake my SATs. And, back and said, see you in the pool. So. Yeah. Um, and you got stuck with number 48. That's a gross number. Yeah, that was that's kind of how it worked. I was at the Delaware, all the, the, the incoming freshmen were just all the higher numbers. So um, I, got, I got 48 from the first year. I could have changed my second year, but 17 was still taken. So I just kept 48 for the first two years and then 17 uh, graduated. So I got to, got to have 17 for at least three years. Is John Grant still an icon at that place? Oh yeah, he's got yeah. his pictures up in the in the locker room. Everybody knows Junior. He was only there yeah. for years, but he was uh, a legend in his own right. And you know, he kind of put the put the hens on the map, you know, as 
you know, I mean, I think we went to the quarterfinals one year he was there, and yeah. um, at one point led the, you know, had a, a record for points in a season in the NCAA. It was you know, 114 points or whatever it was. So you know, he's a, he's a legend. I think he's a legend anywhere he's he's graced with his presence. He's uh, he's pretty good. He's not bad. Yeah. He's, he's not bad. Um, what's the best University of Delaware bar? Uh, there's a couple. I know Klondike Case. That was the, the go-to. It was, it, was, it was just a dumpy roll. It was so cramped. And, and Grotto's, it's like a feature year, but it turns into a boy. I think that was probably my personal favorite one. But those are, those are the two hot spots on campus. Uh, what was the class you slept through the most? Ooh. Um, you know what? I took a historic roadside architecture class. I'm sorry, what was it? A historic roadside architecture. Historic roadside architecture. Uh, yeah, it was oh. you learned about diners and fast food and restaurants and you know what? Actually one thing I do remember from the class that I learned about and I never forgot is the restaurant Arby's. Yeah. You know why it's called Arby's? No. It's R B roast beef. Roast beef. beef. Oh. I love it. Yeah, I, I do class, love a good so Arby's sandwich. That's the one. Honestly, I probably didn't sleep through. Maybe I should have attended it. That is maybe one of the greatest jock classes I've ever heard of. <laughs> it was good. It was good. I took a few senior classes as well, but they were pretty stickler on attendance, so it wasn't yeah. good miss. But yeah, no, that was probably my big, biggest layup that I took. <laughs> we're uh, three quarters of the way through here. We're going to get to some tougher questions. Um, you and you're a bit of a Twitter guy, and you and Christian Del Bianco like to go back and forth with some of the Americans and the PLL guys. Um, is Nick Ocello your biggest foe on Twitter? <laughs> oh, I love Nick. He's great. He tells it like it is. He's kind of like, you know, the American version of me. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Lacking, lacking filter, and and, and you know, afraid to speak his mind. So it's. I always look forward to his his tweets and what he's got to say, and his, his negative Fridays are always a pretty good laugh. <laughs> Telling everyone how he feels and, and not leaving anything and to the imagination. So no, he's he's funny. I like him on there. Smooth or crunchy? That's the end of debate right now. Smooth I'm a crunchy. I'm a, I'm a crunchy really? guy. Yeah, I just I like some texture. Yeah, fair enough. So sue me. I mean, I'm I don't. Gonna, I don't. I'm not gonna I don't, sue you, man. I don't not. I don't not like smooth. I'll absolutely eat smooth. I just yeah. I prefer crunchy. Um, so when you make your pre-game PBJ sandwiches, it's got to have the crunch. It's, well, in the dressing room, they have still, all we have is smooth, so I don't know choice, oh. but my cupboard is stocked with crunching, so. <laughs> uh, what's the first thing you're going to do when, when this whole quarantine thing ends? Uh, I don't know. Probably go to the gym, to be honest. I never thought I'd say a day and just going to the gym, but workout and working out at home and going for lunch is just awful. Right. Boring and mundane and repetitive. I just go to the gym and go out to a restaurant to eat or something. <laughs> you think Dane Doby is going to go to the gym with you? <laughs> you know what? I thought Dane was crushing. He was doing Orange Theory. He was doing oh, uh, right, yeah. classes. And he was crushing those. He said he was out there you know, with his heart rate monitor and competing against like 40 and 50 year olds. And he was, he was having a good time doing that. So he's, uh, he's, he's starting to turn in a leash in his old age. He's been sitting out for a while. He's, he's got to try and match JT for a number of years in the league. Exactly. So and you know what? As, as much of his body doesn't look like it'll hold up, I wouldn't put past him to play into the, you know, his 40s. Like, hey, well, he's, he's got that fling shot shooting him out the front door. Exactly. It takes half the work. 
He's got those wheelie shoes on too. That's why he's fast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what was high school Curtis Dixon like? I don't know. Just a skinnier, dorkier version of me right now, I guess. <laughs> I remember when I left her school, I was I probably weighed in at about a buck sixty-five. Yeah, and I was just a skin bean. But the same though, I was just kind of in the sports, athletic, so playing, you know, up until high school, baseball, soccer, hockey, lacrosse, and then yeah. high school, I'll go lacrosse and hockey. So athletics kind of basically took over my my life. When when did lacrosse become the number one? Uh, when I graduated, I played yeah. hockey all the way up until uh, grade twelve, and then obviously figured out that lacrosse was going to get me further than hockey. So that's when I. I had to live up or give up the dream and hang up the skates, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, I know you don't get out in the sun much because you are a ginger, but would you ever get a tattoo? You know what? I've always referenced, would you, if you had a Lamborghini, would you ever put a bumper sticker on it? Yeah. It was a cool bumper sticker. Mm, see, not, most people aren't going to put a bumper sticker on their, <laughs> in the Lamborghini or the Maserati, so. That's all I reference. That's all I reference. That's so you myself. reference yourself as a Lamborghini or a Maserati <laughs> is what we're going with. That, that was a joke, yes. That was no, joke. I don't know. I've never, I've thought about it, but I've never, you know, I want something to be meaningful. I don't want to just yeah. get a, yeah. you know, giant lacrosse stick in my back or something just for the sake of doing it. So <laughs> I want to make sure it means something to me and it's something that I want yeah. to keep forever. So we'll see. You're going to get the uh, Ryan Banesh tattoo of all the teams you played for and all the titles you won. And... <laughs> Mine will be pretty boring. I only played for a couple teams. so. Well, you've got a few CLA teams to put up there. I guess so, yeah. i got you know three now. A couple of genius <laughs> you're gonna teams. Be a, you're going to be a, a WA Thunder if that ever happens. I know. I know. I'll be thundering up. Thunder up, buddy. Uh, I appreciate it as always, man, man. This is uh, a great time to catch up. Uh, we're, both of us are bored out of our minds yep. and uh, nothing to do, so why not have a chat? Appreciate it as always, buddy. Stay safe, and uh, hopefully we'll see you again soon. You too, Teddy. Sounds good. Thanks, Paul. That's Curtis Dixon of the Calgary Roughnecks. He has played on a few CLA teams. Only one National Cross League team, that is the Calgary Roughnecks, and I don't think he is wanting to go anywhere anytime soon. He has it real good in the Cowboy City. Um, I had no idea Arby's was because of roast beef. The things we learn here on OTCB 20 and 20. But let's be honest. Is that historical roadside attractions? Is That has to be a super fluff course at UD. We're going to have to talk to Jay Hall and Junior about that class. See if they took it. Because if, if those guys took that class as well, then we definitely know that there's something going on at UD with that course because I would have signed up for that thing in a heartbeat. No Russian culture for me. I want historical road road attractions of America. Thanks to Curtis Dixon, as always. Love catching up with him. Um, The mustache, the half tuck, the step back low to high sidearm shot. Like The guy just has drip for days. And as good as he is, he's an incredibly, incredibly humble guy. Just, you know, he's not overly animated. Uh, he kind of has that sort of quiet, monotone voice. He doesn't get too high, too low, but put him on a lacrosse floor, put a stick in his hand, put a net in front of him, 
And that guy is one of the most talented players ever to pick up a stick. So thanks to Superman for giving us 20 minutes of his time. And thanks to you, as always, for tuning in and listening. There's really not a whole lot to talk about these days. We can just keep our fingers crossed and hope that we continue to flatten the curve. We continue to keep our distance. And most importantly, we all continue to stay safe and healthy with a smile on our face. We'll talk to you in seven days. My name is Teddy Jenner. Find me on Twitter at Off the Crossbar. Email me, teddy.jenner at gmail.com. Until we speak again, stay safe and as always, be excellent to each other. Don't try.